Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 194 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is newsletters. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the newsletter guru, TV Markinson. Can you tell I didn't have anything written? It was last month's thing for that. Anyway, hello TV, how are you today? I always get nervous when someone calls me a guru because I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to expect me to have the answers. And I'm just going to say right now, I do not have answers. I just keep trying. I think that's the, the key to success. Just keep trying. You don't know what you're doing all the time, but just keep trying. I mean, you know what they say? I would say they say God loves a trier, but, you know, what or who is God? So they love a trier, they. I always, I always like to say the gods, just oh, the to cover the gods. bases. The goddesses love a trier. How about that? Sure. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. That, let's, let's stick with the sapphic theme. Yeah. All right. So how am I doing? Um, not going to lie. I'm really, really tired. Uh, we're recording this on February 13th, which is the day we're kicking off the uh, Valentine, anti-Valentine, anti-Valentine sale on iHeartSafic. Uh, that means for the past few days, I've been busy building the sale pages. There are over 150 books involved, and that takes a lot of time. I was I arrived at my desk in my apartment this morning at 4.22 a.m. I'm a little tired, a little glassy-eyed. Because uh, when like you're checking prices and everything, like you're just like click ninety nine cents, click ninety nine cents, click ninety nine cents. Like it, it, it's hard to stay focused. I like try to do like five books, take a sip of tea, do five books, take a sip of tea. Can I ask, as someone who did wake up uh, a little bit early this morning and has also been doing repetitive tasks, so I I, I find myself today quite hungry. At, at strange times so have you been like did you get up and have breakfast I mean now what, what's your eating pattern like when you're getting up then I mean that's your normal time to get up though anyway isn't it it's kind of my normal time like within the past two years I switched from being a night person to morning person and I don't understand I'm just going with the flow because my body is waking up at a norm at that time what I do is I get out of bed and then I feed my cat because he's very insistent. And then I make a cup of tea. And then I know you're going to love this part because I know you're a huge fan. I eat some cottage cheese. I kind of eat throughout the day, actually. I don't I don't eat a lot of big meals. Uh, I've always been more of a grazer. Mm. So um, I'll have I'll start with cottage cheese. And then an hour later, I'll have like some cantaloupe. And then an hour later, I'll have like a banana. So I just kind of just keep eating, but small amounts. Mm. Very healthy. That's how I live. Right. Very healthy. You're, you're kind of like a human rabbit. Yes, except rabbits prefer vegetables. And I am trying to get more in tune with the veg side of life. Because, I mean, it goes back to that whole, like, when I got on the scale last July and um, my eyeballs fell out of my head. So I've been trying to eat a lot healthier. So at night, um, I do have a salad every night. And so I'm trying to introduce different veg to that. But I'm not a huge veggie fan. I eat. I'm jealous of people who love veg. I am. It would be great if I did because it would make my life a lot easier. I do love all veg. And and um, uh, and you'll be amazed to know, I think I do remember taking the piss out of you for eating cottage cheese because mainly because cottage cheese, it kind of reminds me of being on a diet in the 80s. Like, you know, that's kind of what you were told to eat. But now I'll have you know, I've actually bought cottage cheese recently because it's protein rich. 
it's protein rich and it, it I like the taste a little guilt free. Yeah, I'm back I'm I'm full circle, I'm back on the cottage cheese. Anyway, it's good to know about your eating habits. Uh but carry on. In other news, um my first audiobook of twenty twenty four has been released, A Song in Our Heart, narrated by Lori Prince. Came out last week. Doot doot. Oh, thank you. I took I think it took less than four days for ACX to do the quality assessment. And I didn't believe my eyes when I was like, wait, are they linking the audiobook already? I mean, ACX is known for many things. Speed is not one of those things. Four days. Wow. I've never had... I think I had one like seven or ten days or something like that, and I was amazed at that. Yeah, like I... I I wasn't believing my eyes, and I was just like, I probably should go back to bed. But uh, yeah, so that came out. So that's exciting. The first uh, ebook came out in January. The first audiobook came out in February. Um, the next Lizzie installment that goes to the Patreon peeps is coming out in a day or two. That's the fourth installment. I've really been enjoying these Lizzie adventures. They let me tap into my super silly side. I put her into a lot of ridiculous situations. It probably sucks for Lizzie, but I am just giggling the entire time, so it just is kind of like a palate cleanser, really. <laughs> or I just can be like, silly thing, can I have Lizzie do today? And then I write it, and then, um, so that's kind of fun. In other publishing news, I heard from my French publisher. I think I recently mentioned I had not heard from the French publisher, and I heard from the French publisher. Mm, um, um, what's the French word for congratulations? I have no idea. Let's say congratulations. I don't know. Are you making up a French word on the spot? I just said congratulations with a French accent. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, the French translation of Devil's Advocate should be coming out sometime this spring. Not only that, the German translation of Devil's Advocate is progressing. Uh, we just got the 30% mark um, from the translator and editor. So hopefully the French version will come out in spring, and then the German version of Devil's Advocate will come out in the summer. So that's nice, ticking along on that part of the uh, publishing schedule. In other news, I've been trying to get Sam, my cat, to help me market Say Cheese, my latest release with Miranda. I see on the socials all the time, like authors like showing like adorable photos of their pets with their books, their paperback books, and it just looks so cute. And so I was just like. Maybe Sam would like it. Gray, my cat who died in November, she absolutely hated this. She just didn't want to do it. Apparently, Sam is soulmates with Gray when it comes to book marketing. He absolutely hates it. Um, his expressions have been kind of funny. So I thought maybe it was just say cheese he didn't like, because uh, there is a dog on the cover. Oh, wow. So I tried to yeah, what, I tried to take. What are you photos. doing? I don't know. Torching my cat apparently. <laughs> So I tried to take photos of uh, Sam with a paperback, Jay's latest book, and uh, another uh, paperback from Faith Anthony's uh, Cozy Fantasy. And um, yeah, he just doesn't like this marketing, but it's kind of fun. So I did put a post up about the photo. So if people are curious, I'll drop that uh, link in the show notes. You can see Sam's like really super pissed off face with books. I'm just like, you can't hate sapphic books. You can't be under my roof and not like sapphic books. It just, how do you think I pay for your food, Sam? So yeah, so I've been doing that. And then in fun news, Brandon and I went for a drive to P-Town uh, for people who are not familiar with Massachusetts. Massachusetts has this thing called Cape Cod. It's the little swirly thing that comes off of Massachusetts when you look at the map. And at the very uh, tippy top of Cape Cod is Provincetown, which is known 
for being a pretty gay town. Brandon and I are very weird. We much prefer going to P-Town in the winter. Uh, not only is it a pretty time of year to see the ocean and the, the dramatic skyline, there aren't many people out. In summer, P-Town is my definition of people hell. It's a very crowded town. Like, when I say crowded, like, in the summer, there's, yes, there's a lot of people, but the streets are really, really narrow. So you can't ever escape people, and they're usually really uh, too drunk, and it's just too crowded for me. So I much prefer going to Provincetown in the summer. When Did you meet me there close. in summer, trying to weave down after a few too many margaritas? Is that what it was? Do you mean the main road, where yeah. there's really not a sidewalk, and you're, you're competing with the cars? Yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a very narrow road, and, and I agree, I, you know... Um, I'm an introvert. It was we. I think we went the weekend just before it got, the summer season really kicked off. It was like the very start of June, and it was busy enough then. So I would hate to see it at the height of summer, like July, August. Oh. No, that is full summer. We kick off the summer at uh, May on Memorial Day weekend. That's our usually our summer kickoff. So yeah, you got there after the summer kickoff. Right. I did go. I think I went once early Mayish. But it was like one of those beautiful days where it, was, it ended up being like 80 or 90 degrees. And so everyone had the same idea. So I showed up and I was like, oh, go home, people. This is my place. Go home. So, yes, there's that news. And in, in uh, music news, I did not watch the Super Bowl. As you know, go to uh, go to bed very early and get up very early. So the Super Bowl starts a little late for me. So um, I found out the news the next day. But I saw Beyonce dropped a new song and so i watched it on youtube and uh, i just want to say for all our listeners out there who are particularly fond of beyonce and her fantastic lyrics i definitely recommend this video because there's an extra added bonus to this video i was not expecting i usually listen on my spotify and i don't watch the videos but um there's some good boobage in this video so if you guys have not watched this one yet and you're a particular fan of boobs, I'm not trying to um, say that's the only reason to watch this video. The song is fantastic, but did, did um, you enjoy? It was did, a, did you enjoy the music too, TV? Yeah, I did. I did. I added it. I immediately added the song to my favorite list on my Spotify. Um, it's a great song, but um, I just recommend people watch the video in case you know that's your thing. Just you I know, wasn't expecting it. Yeah, perk up your day with a bit of Beyonce. There you go, a bit of poetry yeah. for you as well. Yeah, yeah. She so, did, um, did she play the halftime? Or, I don't know. Obviously, no, I, I'm, no, in the, she, I'm in the UK, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. She had a commercial, and at the end of the commercial, I forget what uh, phone it was for or something like that. It was like talking about like breaking the internet, like, you mm. know, it's the traffic too much. And then um, she kept trying to break it, and then, and then at the end she's like, oh, I guess it's ready, drop the two songs. So, and I was like, what? Two songs? Great. Well, Great. perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you know, on a day where I was really busy and stressed, and then there was that nice treat, it just powered me through the day. I can imagine. Well, how are things on your side? Do you, are you being perked up by anybody? I'm not, no. Um, Beyonce hasn't knocked on my door. Uh, I'll have to knock on her door later. Over here, I'm a little uh, frazzled, frazzled, because I'm... Uh, so the, the launch of London 9 uh, progresses. The ARC team have been coming back to me, been pretty positive, so that's good. The wheels are in motion for a launch by the end of the month. That is my goal because uh, it's my 10 year anniversary of launching London Calling on the 28th of February. So wouldn't it be fortuitous if this one could come out 
on around that date. So that's my goal when we're recording this on the 13th of February, the day before the day of love. So that's where we are with the with the launch. Can I ask a question? London Calling, I can't remember. Is that part of the London Romance series or is that not part of the London Romance? No, yeah, that's book one in the London Romance okay. series. All right. When you when you published London Calling, did you know it was going to be book one and that you would have Lettuce's book nine? Yeah. No, of course I didn't. I knew nothing. Isn't that amazing, though, when you think about it? Like, wow, ten years ago and you're launching book nine of the series. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's nice that... You know, clearly I had a plan all this time, you know, uh, I was due to have launched this book in 2022 and then in 2023, but all along I was saving it up to launch it in February so that it would coincide with the anniversary, the 10 year anniversary. See, there was a method in my madness. I think it was your subconscious telling you, don't be stupid. This is a golden opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that is uh, coming along. Uh, I'm just waiting for uh, the rest of the art team to come back to me. Then I'll do the print book and then the e-book and then hopefully it'll all go all right. But in the meantime, also, I've been um, carrying on the recovering and rebranding, basically, of the London Romance series as a whole. So uh, I've got all the covers. uh, So I've had to redo all the vellum files, update all the also buys. I've rewritten, rewritten all the blurbs. It's been quite a major task, uh, and then this week I've been uh, uploading them all onto the various platforms. So um, by the time, basically by the time London Nine, London Ever After is launched, uh, all the rest of the series will be unified. It's a bit, it fries your brain doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's actually very good as well. Um, it's a good sort of audit and stock take of some of the books because obviously I'm updating eight books and then uh, four box sets in the end. A few of them just had random prices. Like why on earth was one of them $349? I'm not quite sure. What is the, uh, no, rands in South Africa. So in South Africa, it should be the equivalent of 149 rand. So most of them were anything between 99 and 140, some 149. One of them was 359 rand. How on earth did that get in there? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> no idea. But anyway, it's good to just go through uh, every now and again and audit your books and just see, um, do all the prices match across every territory? Uh, do all your library prices match? Um, you know, this is if you're wide, as I am, with the London Romance series and always have been. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. So I know I did it for my standalones a couple of years ago. Haven't done it for the London series since Big London Reeves came out, and that was uh, three years ago. So it's been um, interesting going through and doing that, but it's good because now they're all lined up. Oh, and the other thing I realised as well was that I hadn't connected my PayHip store on my, on my website to BookFunnel for all the books. So some of the books got delivered by BookFunnel and some of them didn't. Some of them just got delivered in an email. Who knows why? Maybe I just forgot halfway through. But anyway, it's good to go through, audit your books and see if everything is in order. I have done that with the London Romance series now, so I'm happy. So it's going to be uh, all go for the, for the big launch at the end of the month. Also this month, I was interviewed for um, my London website uh, as part of the LGBTQ plus history month which is in the UK. Um, I don't think it's in the US, is it? Right now it's Black History Month. So yeah, so here it's LGBTQ plus History Month. I'm not sure if it's Black History Month here as well. I'm not sure. I think that's a different month here. But So I was interviewed by My London, so that was uh, that was good 
just to get a little bit extra publicity. The guy interviewed me, he was really lovely. But just shining a light on why it's important for us to celebrate LGBTQ plus history month. Remember where we've come from, celebrate where we are and build for a brighter future. So I'll drop the link for that in the show notes. Yeah, it was um, it was nice to chat about sort of my career and just shine a light on that. Especially these days when um, people want to go back to where we don't have rights. Yes. Yeah. Which it's... is a bit frustrating. <laughs> yes. The more things change, the more things stay the same uh, or get worse. But anyway, we're upbeat on this podcast. Oh, yes, we are. Uh, to that end, uh, this weekend I did some karaoke. Haven't done karaoke for ages. So that was fun. Went out with some friends, had dinner, uh, did a couple of hours of karaoke, um, tried some new songs. Yeah, that was good. Wait, did you say, did you sing for a couple hours or you were at karaoke for a couple hours? Well, we hired a booth, so we had a booth, our own private booth for two hours and there were six of us. So we, we, the six of us sang between us for two hours. That sounds like a lot of singing. Yeah, it's great. But what, what, what was your best song? Oh, it's, yeah, that's a tricky, that's a tricky one, you see, because my normal karaoke songs are Teenage Dirtbag, uh, Copacabana, Maybe Living on a Prayer. I think I really enjoyed singing. Um, I do like singing Drops of Jupiter by Train, but I did also enjoy singing uh, Electric Dreams. Showing my age here, aren't I? And, oh, Miley Cyrus's Flowers. That was a good one as well. Banger. I, I, I do like that song. So, yeah. But I don't know Electric Dreams. You don't know Electric Dreams? Oh. Maybe I do. Maybe I have to hear it. 80s classic. Really... You might be disappointed in the video, though, because there's not very many boobs, I don't think. But, you know, 80s classic. Just a top tip for everyone who's making music videos these days. Um, perk me up. <laughs> perk her up before you go, go, as George Michael once famously sang. Um, yes, and also I went over, my wife and I um, went over to see our one of our friends and their new baby in Fulham. And then we went over to uh, Lisa Gold's house for dinner. So that was nice as well, um, fellow sapphic author. So hello, Lisa, if you're listening. Thanks for the lovely uh, meal. Uh, and then um, we've we've been just going to football as we do. So this weekend we're off to two more games: uh, Arsenal versus Manu Women on Saturday, Spurs versus Villa Women on Sunday. Football, singing, and getting the London Romance series polished and ready to ready to shine. TB, that's what I've been doing. There you go. It sounds like a, a nice time to be had. So, uh, what about uh, comments? Have you got any? I don't have comments this time. I do have a coffee update, but not comments. Do you have comments on your side? No. All right. Well, I'm just going to move into coffee then. All right. So we uh, Pip bought his coffees and said, just wanted to say thank you both so much for everything you do to support sapphic writing, the sapphic writing community. Your podcasts have entertained, informed, and motivated me over the last couple of months as I journey along the path to indie publishing my debut novel, hopefully April or May time. I've learned so much from you both, and even though at times I feel overwhelmed, it's been fortifying to hear about your ups and downs too, and that you overcame the obstacles. Extra thank you to Claire for the answers to my questions on Insta. And does she know her voice twin is Alice Levine of My Dad Wrote a Porno podcast fame? I often have to double check what I'm listening to. Oh, well I didn't. Have you ever, have you ever listened to that? I have not, but I might start. They've had astronomical fame and fortune from their podcast. So does that mean it's coming our way as well, TB? Well, if it is, I mean, do we start have to start perking people up? 
I mean, they have porno in the title, but I don't know. It also has dad, so we, we might have I don't to, know if we want to go that route. We might have to maybe do some more um, suggestive photos for the cover, maybe. Boobs out? I mean, you know, not oh. boobs out, but maybe just a, a hint of cleavage. See, I didn't have boobs in my younger years. I got boobs when they immediately went to sagging because I got them in middle age. So that's really sad. That is sad. I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was a loss for some others in my life more than it was a loss for me. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to sell for us. Okay. Well, you know, let us know, listeners. What do you think? No, no, let us know. I don't so- want to do you want us to do a salacious cover shot? I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe it's what our listeners have been um, have been waiting for because you know that's always what people want on a podcast, don't they? Um, let's crash on to the topic at hand, which is newsletters. Now, I just thought I'd cover this because uh, I recently did a survey of my um, the lovely people who get my newsletter, and um, I just asked them, did they still like it? And they said they did. So, who am I to change a winning formula, TB? But it's a it's a I know it's something that authors, when you're starting off and, you know, whatever stage you are, you worry about what to put in, right? You worry about how often to send them. You worry about exactly, yeah, just what tone you should strike, uh, what you're going to put in it. Um, And and you don't want to bother readers, but actually you should want to bother them because they've signed up to your newsletter. So um, this, this is about, it's not about which provider is best. Um, it's not about how to set up your newsletter because there's plenty of information on the internet about that. But we want to tell you from our experience what readers uh, have responded to and why we think our newsletters um, are still going strong. Yours are still going strong? But I will admit when you suggested this topic the last time we spoke, I was like, why does she want to talk about newsletters? I'm so sick and tired of newsletters. And that's because of the whole new regulation that went into effect on February 1st and I think all of us who were trying to uh, authenticate and align our domains were screaming (laughs) behind the scenes but yes I mean I agree with the new regulations I think we do need less spam but to your point newsletters are a vital key to an author's success so I obviously did a lot of screaming. I did get my uh, newsletter authenticated and aligned for a reason. I will say that my newsletter is the reason why I have my writing career. It's one of the most valuable assets in your writing arsenal. It's probably the most important part besides your books. I totally agree. It It is the one avenue of direct communication that you own. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. It's the one avenue of direct communication that you own. If you have a Facebook page that's got lots of followers, Facebook can take that away or change the rules anytime. Same with any social media platform, same with any platform that you build um, something up on. But if you've got your uh, an email newsletter, you've got all those emails. It's the one avenue of direct communication you have and it really does move the needle. Uh, I agree with TB, without my newsletter, I wouldn't have sold the amount of books I've, I have in my career and I wouldn't have um, the career I do now because it's your it's your newsletter readers that buy the book first and they're the ones that boost your book and give it a bit more visibility on whatever platform you're on and they're the ones that write you reviews. They're the ones, uh, it's from our newsletter 
that we get our advanced reading teams and they're the ones that write you the early reviews. So we can't stress enough how important uh, a newsletter is and you know just ha do some research into the providers out there and choose the one that's best for you. There's a range of different price points, there's a range of different providers, especially when you're starting out. Uh, you don't need bells and whistles, you just need something that works. Uh, so do remember that. Don't be, don't be conned into spending like hundreds of pounds on something that's really there for a bigger business or somebody that really wants to segment and all that business which you know I've got one that segments and I don't really use half the things on it it's but it works well enough yeah but I, I just to stress how important newsletters are um going back I'm going back in time during the COVID times uh when we're pretty sure I had COVID uh, this was before tests, so we don't know for sure, but um, I was really sick, but there was one thing I didn't let go, and it was my newsletter. I kept sending my newsletter, and that is that, to me, proves how much I value my newsletter, how much I want to nurture my newsletter, how much I want to grow it, and how I want to keep that connection with readers, because that's what your newsletter is. You're connecting with your readers. The pillars of what you need, you need to promise your reader a certain thing, so tell them what they're going to get when they sign up for it and then deliver. So uh, if you say to them that you're going to send them news of what you're doing uh, every month, then do that. If you say to them you're just going to hit them up every time you have a release, then do that. But if you say to them that you're going to be contacting them every week, then follow through. It's consistency. Uh, that is the key. And the more and more areas of my life I do um, an audit on, um, you know, like going to the gym, eating healthily, uh, newsletter is another one. It's consistency that is the key and small things get you results. So I think that both of us value our newsletter because of the relationship it gives us with our readers, but it's about being consistent. And um, yeah, I think um, I only missed a news, the only time I've missed a newsletter in the last nine years I've been doing it is when my dad died. And so I was a week late. Now I think my readers understood, but that goes to show that I've done newsletters from all around the world because you know there were years where I was on hol honeymoon, no, not honeymoon, holiday, for or travelling for like three, four months of the year. But I was doing newsletters wherever I was um, because they are that important just to keep you in touch. And you know, even last year when I wasn't really releasing um, any English language books, I'm still writing a newsletter every two weeks just to be in touch with my readers. So uh, yeah, it's it's really important. Also, it can be really fun. Like well, one of the things that I promised my newsletter people is they get to follow along with my misadventures in life, which I, I, I'm a pro at doing. So last summer I was doing, I swear this was for book research. I was doing book research and I was trying to figure out a certain type of vibrator that could be uh, confused with a, a stick of, uh, lipstick so I was looking on online at these and I was like well I don't know and so I ended up ordering it and then like where I was looking they were like oh you might like this one as well and it, it spurred another idea for a different story so I ended up with two of these and I completely forgot about them and until uh there was a man in my apartment who had to reinstall all my smoke detectors which involved cutting holes in my ceilings which was gonna cause a lot of dust. So he was clearing off surfaces in my room and he went to go grab the things off the, uh, the dresser and then he stopped and looked at me right when I realized he was reaching for the two vibrators. 
So these are the types of stories I share with my subscribers. And sadly for me, not so sad for my newsletter subscribers, this was one of the many vibrator mishaps I had that summer. So like the entire summer, I was like, oh my gosh, I got myself into more vibrator trouble. So these are the kinds of things that uh, my subscribers get. They get like, I, I, I have a habit of getting myself into hot water, like unintentionally in most innocent ways. And it's, it just turns out to be humorous. And so I share those stories. So I get a lot of emails from people like, I look forward to your newsletter every single time because you always make me laugh. Yeah, and um, if you don't subscribe to TB's newsletter, uh, I do urge you to go and do it. Um, what? How do how do people sign up? It's just my website, tbmarkinson.com. Okay. But I'll drop the link. And also, if you want to follow along with Claire's number of coffees, steps, and uh, what she's reading and everything, I would recommend Claire's uh, newsletter. Also, her uh, pithy is that the right word? Pithy intros. Pithy. pithy. Is that a good word? Yeah, it's a good word. Where did I pull that one from? Do you ever really wonder where the word's coming from? Like, I'm not sure I could define it, but I think it's the one I want. Mm, so it's very British uh, term terminology, that is. That's because you're talking to me. TB's newsletter is very different to mine, but she's a master of storytelling. Strange that, being a writer. But um, she, she does it very well. Because quite often, like, you know, I think, oh, I haven't got time to read that. Sorry, TB, but I do. Oh, and then I'm like, I'll see the first, uh, I'll, I'll skim the first paragraph in the thing, and then I'll go, oh, what's she talking about now? So then I'll click it, and then before, the end, before I know it, I've read the whole thing, and I'm like, God, she's good at this, you know. Uh, but also I think what it represents is you're a funny writer, and so... Um, you do that in your books, and so it comes across in your newsletter. And that, I think that's what writers have to remember. Writers seem to be scared of newsletters. I don't understand it. Uh, I always look forward to writing mine. I enjoy writing them, and and, and so do you. And I think that's probably why uh, we've we've put so much effort to in, into it, and we're so consistent with it. Because I don't, I never worry about coming up with stuff. You'll come up with stuff. You're a writer, and if it's if you can't come up with something, make it up. You're a fiction writer. <laughs> TB actually bought um, 20 vibrators, but she only told us about two, you know, she narrowed it down. Um, I, I just think that you need to you need to get a style, but just remember that it's just an extension of your writing style as well. So the more you make them laugh or whatever, the more, if you're a dramatic writer, the more dramatic you are or, or whatever in your email, the more they're going to want to think, oh, I wish you'd write a new book. Like I always get that comment. Um, from my email so you know and for me what I do TB is much more of a, a yarn you tell a yarn right you string it you spin a story in yours um, I do a little pithy intro about sort of the it's either seasonal or what I've been up to but then I break it down into categories so what how much coffee I'm drinking what I'm reading what I'm writing and I always ask a question as well and I never used to do that at the beginning but I do this every time now and I really like that because it shows me that people are reading uh, and people respond and you know maybe some days I'll get like 10 or 15 replies other times I get like 60 or 70 replies so and remember for every reply you get loads and more people will have read that it's it's a small one a small majority minority that um that reply but i love getting those replies and yeah it just shows me that people are engaged you know in between all this stuff like in between tb stories that keep people amused and in between me telling them uh what i've been up to how many coffees i've drunk um you know we slot in stuff about um our sales our discounts our news our new books and so it's not all about buy my book buy my book it's all about just communicating with your readers and strengthening the relationship and that's the power of a newsletter.
Yes, and being genuine. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I see a lot of people who do send newsletters out that's literally just like, buy my book. And I'm like, ooh, I want a connection with you first before I start uh, buying your book. So you want to remember, it's about that connection. It's about being genuine. And it's about making yourself stand out. There's a lot of books in the market. There are a lot of people with newsletters. Make yourself stand out. And you and, and, and like Claire said, match it to your writing style. Like, I write funny books. If you write super angsty books, I mean, you can you can talk about the stuff that is like you're thinking about and stuff like that. Like, just tailor it to your style. Yeah, absolutely. And when I asked my newsletter recently, um, you know, do they want anything? Is, are they are they too long? Am I boring you? Blah blah blah. Quite a lot of people came back. Thankfully, they said no. They're not boring us. But um, quite a lot of people came back and said it makes you more than just a name on a book. Um, and that's all about getting a relationship with your reader. I share stuff with them uh, about my life. Some bits will appeal to some people, uh, different bits will appeal to other people. Like I'm always going on about the football uh, I go to. And so if you're a sports fan, you're going to connect with that. But there's lots of like, you know, big music fan and all that sort of thing as well. So if you want to be more than just a name on a book and develop a actual relationship with your readers, essential to get a newsletter. And you might think, oh, I'm only on book one. Who am I going to write to? It doesn't matter. You could, because the key in with newsletters as well is that only you're only ever writing to one reader. So you, you don't worry about, don't think about the amount of people who are going to get it. Like, you know, I've got thousands on my newsletter when I started. Oh, sorry, now, not when I started. Now I've got thousands. But when I started, I had like 10 people. But I'm still doing the same newsletter as I was then to as I was now, um, as I'm doing now. You only ever write to one person. And that's how you write books as well. So it's good training. It is. It's very good training for um, for staying consistent. Yeah. If you can stay consistent in your newsletter writing, you can also stay consistent in your novel writing. Yeah. And it's writing. Remember, you're a writer. You like writing. Most days. Most <laughs> days. There are some days where I'm just like, no. But most days, yes. All right. Anything else to say on newsletters? I think we just about covered it. That, that was all I had. All right. Good. Excellent. Good chat. All right, all right. Um, and do join us uh, next time when we will be discussing something very uh, piffy, probably. TB. Piffy. piffy. All right, we're sticking with that word now. Mm -hmm. Piffy. Piffy, piffy yeah. or boobs? Booby and piffy. Piffy boobs? Yeah. All right, we're going for piffy boobs next time. Yeah. And do let us know what you think uh, about newsletters. Um, has this been helpful? Uh, have you got any tips or tricks that we left out? Uh, do comment on the website, lesbiansyouwrite.com. Email us, lesbiansyouwrite at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram me at Clairefic or Twitter us at lesyouwrite. And join us next time when we will be discussing um, piffy boobs. All right, uh, until then, stay safe, keep writing. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.